Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. All right. Well, on today's episode, you're going to get an up-close look at my life. I'm going to share with you about my family's trip to spring break 2019 to Colonial Williamsburg. I'm going to tell you in this episode about what I consider to be the trip of a thousand regrets. I'm going to talk to you about what I learned and what I want to do differently next time. Now, this may not apply to you or sound interesting, but I want to share with you sort of what my path of personal development looks like on a very uh, honest and real and vulnerable level to help any of you guys that might be interested. So let's just dive right in. Let me just say that I am somebody who really enjoys history. I don't really like learning about history in school where you have to memorize all these different dates and whatnot. But I do really love watching movies and TV shows that are set in different historic time periods. I love that. So a few years ago, I was watching one of my favorite shows called The Goldbergs. And in this show, I was discovering something called Colonial Williamsburg. One of the characters references this place, and I thought, well, that piques my interest. So I got on Google, and I discovered Colonial Williamsburg is a living museum that's essentially like traveling in time that I had never heard of before. All of a sudden, this place immediately goes on my bucket list as somewhere I want to go and I want to take my kids to at some point in time. I wanted to take them in that sweet spot before they're teenagers and they're rolling their eyes at everything, but when they're old enough to remember. So now seems like a good time. I have an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, and then of course my little Grace, who is 2, who wasn't going to remember it anyway. So we planned this trip and we decided to surprise them by taking them to Washington, D.C. for a couple days before we go to Williamsburg. So, you know, I have this epic vision of grandeur of surprising them in the airport right before we get on the plane. Look, kids, we're actually going to D.C. I haven't been totally honest with you, you know, and all of them being like, oh, my gosh, you're the coolest mom ever. I will love you forever and I will always live with you. And, you know, you'll always be my hero for life kind of moment. And of course, I know that was not entirely realistic but moms can dream right so we plan this trip we get it all you know set up to go and I'm excited and let me just say up front and honestly I did not think this trip was going to be like the most amazing thing they've ever done with their life but I did think it was going to be a good time together so I know it's not Disneyland I know it's not you know uh something else they would love to do one of my kids loves the beach one loves the mountains you know i get that this isn't something they're going to come home and say i had the most fun of my life but i was expecting them to come home and be like this was cool i really enjoyed my time together so flash forward monday we get ready to go and long story short not only did i forget my phone at my house after we had parked the car and headed to the airport i also forgot my coat in my car the second time I came back to the airport. Now, this is March in Washington, D.C. and in Virginia. It's like highs of upper 40s, and that doesn't include the wind chill. So I'm not doing well. I'm feeling abandoned by the Lord. You know, I'm not taking my own advice from my previous podcast. I am struggling and not just not driving my struggle bus, but like jumped off the bus into the ditch. 
On my way home to get my phone, I just started realizing my kids were probably going to discover the surprise of Washington, D.C., which I didn't realize was so important to me, probably more important to me than it was to them. And I am just dying. I'm panicking. I'm frustrated. I'm it was just not pretty. So I'm already set in kind of a not so great place. We unveiled to the kids, we're going to DC, and they all have a myriad of positive reactions, some really excited, some just a smile. We get on the airplane and my daughter just starts breaking down. And I'm like, why are you crying? I'm giving you the thing you've been wanting for so long. And then I have this flashback to when she turned eight over Labor Day of this last year. And we decided to take her on a surprise trip with the family to Dallas for a couple days. And because we like to travel. Okay, that's just kind of who we are. And uh, she locked herself in a room for an hour crying because she didn't want to travel anywhere on her birthday and she wasn't a part of the planning process. So I'm having this flashback while I'm sitting on this airplane six seats away from her because we're a big family. We take up a lot of seats. And I'm like, note to self, don't ever surprise her with travel again. This is just I don't know what this says about her personality, but she's not happy about it. So I'm already feeling crushed. Clearly, I'm not on my game. Life is just not going well. Let me just say, Washington, D.C. with four children is like a nightmare. My children do not know how to be in an urban environment. And trying to navigate that with them, with my husband and I, was like being stung by scorpions while you're trying to get a good night's sleep. I mean, maybe that's dramatic, but it was just really rough. We were having to get on them every five seconds for walking too close to the street, for not paying attention to the walk signs. And I was thinking, do you live on a farm? I mean, we live in Oklahoma City. This is a real city. But somehow in that moment, I'm realizing we just don't walk anywhere. And this is my living nightmare. So Let's just say our first two days in D.C. were days that I would like to to forget as soon as possible, and they just weren't fun. My children struggled. They struggled with each other. Their attitudes were horrible, and I just started regretting. I started regretting so many things. We got to Williamsburg. Things looked up a little bit, but the weather was bad. It rained, and uh, I, I, I want to sugarcoat this for you, but I also want to be real and say I really struggled. So on Thursday of the trip, I got up early to Google podcasts on failing as a mother so that I could feel some, you know, source of encouragement in my life. I ended up finding this one that was fairly encouraging to me and putting my game face back on and saying, you know what, Rachel, you can do this. You can be a good mom. And so we ended up pulling out an amazing day Thursday afternoon and Friday, and then Saturday was really difficult. But, you know, traveling with a two-year-old just is hard. And I was ready for the meltdowns of a two-year-old who can't color in the boarding pass line while it's leaving. I was not ready for my older kids struggling so much with each other and just with this trip. So I, you know, one of my highlights was on Saturday as all of my kids were melting down and whining about this and that and the other. And I looked at my husband and I just said, dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away. (laughs) I was like, this is just the way to sum up this week. And I share this with you because I think sometimes we look at families who travel with their kids and we're like, 
have a lot of envy about them. And I remember when we were not doing as well financially as we are now and the idea of, of traveling, I wanted to travel so badly with, with my family and with my husband, we just couldn't afford it. And I had all these visions of grandeur and like disillusionment, you know, and that you guys are probably having, whoever it was I saw on social media was probably having the time of their life and look at everybody smiling. And in reality, you know, it's a struggle. And for me, I'm like, I want to post the pictures of everybody smiling so that I can, I can feel better about my life. I don't really care what you think when you look at my pictures. It's just for me, when this comes up in my time hop to not remember how hard it was. So I decided to post an honest post on Monday night about it. And it's like one of the most liked posts that I've had in a really long time. And I shared with you guys in the last episode about how people like honesty and vulnerability. But that's how the trip went. And, you know, that social media life that makes everything look rosy and makes everything look better than it really is, is so tantalizing and so mesmerizing. But if we're being really honest, sometime life, sometimes life is just really hard. And so there's a couple of things I learned about myself through this trip that I'm you know, lovingly referring to sarcastically as the trip of a thousand regrets. Now, let me just say, I don't regret that we went. I think it was really good. It was a good eye-opening experience for my kids. I think the goals of them loving history and seeing history a little bit more were achieved. But that's about where the positivity ends in my heart, at least at the moment. So here's some things I learned about myself. Number one, it is so easy to make your parenting style leveraging threats, right? Leveraging consequences like, hey, you know what? If you do this, this is what's going to happen. And there's some validness in that or, you know, validity in that in our everyday life. If you like we have a rule in my house that if you leave your backpack at home, if we're already in the school line and you remember, then you're not taking your backpack that day. If you know, that's just for me, I'm like, I can't navigate with a two year old back through the pickup line a second time to get out and take your backpack. So it's your responsibility. Those rules, I think, are good. They teach responsibility. But other rules like, hey, you know what? You can't have dessert for dinner if you keep talking to your sister like that, or you know what, I'm taking your phone away for a week because of this or that. It's like those type of things, they are a limited form of parenting. In our home, we really believe in what we call first-time obedience. In other words, when we ask our kids to do something, we expect them to do it the first time that we ask. Now, this might sound you know, too much or too intense to you, but from our perspective, when God asks us to do something, he expects us to do it the first time he asks. We have a catchphrase, delayed obedience is the same thing as disobedience. So, you know, if I have to ask you six or seven times to do something, then that in our family culture, that's just not not the way we're going to be. But enforcing that is really hard. So I discovered about myself on this trip that I'd been leaning way too much into sort of empty threats and leveraging consequences instead of just matter of factly saying, this is how it's going to be. And this is how we are as a family. I want my kids to like me. Who doesn't, right? But I'm in this season with them where I'm realizing that I do have to be more of uh, an enforcer mother more than being their friend. I want to be compassionate to them. I want to be nurturing to them, but I also want them to learn the lessons in life that will get them farther than I can go. And that requires a little bit of strictness. My brother recently referred to me as Mary Poppins. And at first I thought, I'm not really like her, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, I am like her because she's a good mix of strict and sweet. 
And that's how I want to be. Although on this particular trip, I was more like uh, Corella DeVille, maybe might be a better person to think about. Maybe that's too harsh for myself. But let's just say that I was disappointed in my mothering strategy and not just my mothering strategy on that week, because here's the deal. Like behavior is learned. It's patterned. It doesn't just emerge overnight. Can we just agree to that? As a parent, the things that I'm tolerating are the things that they're just going to keep doing more and more of. It's, it's, um, I can't be surprised when push comes to shove what's in my kids or how they are, or what their attitudes are like, because it's really on me for not adjusting that previously and prior to our spring break trip. So I shared with you guys in the last episode about struggling and how the reality is when we struggle, you know, we, we, it, it's a good indicator of what's really going on inside of us. So this trip, the trip of a thousand regrets, to me was a really good indicator of what's going on inside of my heart as a mother and what's going on inside of the hearts of my kids. I didn't like what I saw, but I'm glad that I saw it. And so in that way, we can kind of be thankful for some of the difficulties for it. But one of the things I learned about myself is I am like, my kryptonite is bad attitudes. I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me so bad, but grumbling and complaining is just... I just can't stand it. You know, I have other friends and family that that's not a big deal to them. Their kids grumble and complain and they're just kind of like, eh, whatever, get over it. And I don't know. I, it's like my kryptonite and I wish it wasn't. Maybe it's because I'm an Enneagram seven and I want to just continually reframe things in a positive light. Maybe it's because I paid money to go on this trip and I don't want to feel like it was a waste. I don't know. But one thing I learned was, you know, my kids are good people But when they have bad attitudes, I'm just like, OMG, let me be done with this. Maybe that's too much honest real talk for you, but four kids is a lot. And, you know, I remember when God asked us to have a fourth kid and I was like, I don't want to do that, Lord. I don't want to go back. I had my youngest was three and I thought, man, he's going to be he's five. He was five when Grace was born. And so I just knew it was going to be. There's a lot to take in um, to have that much of an age gap and to go back to being having a baby. And I remember saying to the Lord, I don't want to do that. Um, And God just gave me all these promises about who Grace was going to be. And that's a story for another time. But uh, I remember just Googling so many, like trying to find articles about what it's like to have four kids. And somebody tell me, you know, what am I getting into? And there was very little out there. And I think the reason is because it's just really hard. You're outnumbered with three, but oh man, are you outnumbered with four? And there's so much stuff you have to let go because there's only one of you or there's only two of you and you just can't get to everything. This trip was one of those eye-opening experiences that there's a lot we've had to let go and I don't want it to be that way. That means that I have to challenge myself to be better on behalf of my kids, to be more present in their moments of bad attitudes, to teach them how to navigate their own struggles, even while I'm trying to navigate my own. So that's where I'm at. I'm at this place where I was realizing, you know, as a mother, it's hard when you're struggling to help your kids. Maybe this is why on an airplane they tell you to put the mask on yourself before you put it on your own kids. It's like, I need to deal with what's going on inside of me before I can deal with what's going on inside of them. And I just got so derailed by some of the things that didn't go right at the beginning of the trip and the difficulties of, you know, trying to take all four of my kids on a walking tour of DC. Of course, we did the hop on and off trolley thing, but it's still a lot of walking and they struggled with that. And so then I struggled with that. 
And I could go into the details of all the crazy things that happened. There was just honestly one thing after the next that just was like, just didn't go well. But I remember thinking, and I'll leave you with this thought. I remember thinking around the middle of the week of the trip, one of my heroes, Graham Cook, has this saying, and he says, there's no more good days or bad days. There are now just days of grace. If it's going well, the grace of God is there and you're enjoying the grace. If it's not going well, the grace of God is there to help you endure. And I remember thinking, Lord, I need your grace to endure the difficulties and that's okay. You know, I want my life to be highly favored and blessed and all those things that we say because we love God. But the reality is just because I love Jesus and follow his will for my life does not mean that my life is going to go well all the time. It means that following Jesus gives me a source of strength in the midst of difficulty, not that there won't be any difficulties. You know, people with kids, mothers who love Jesus and mothers who don't love Jesus are facing a lot of the same struggles. And so the challenge is, where do we find our source from? Where do we go when we are struggling? How do we pick ourselves back up and find that eternal source of life that brings vitality, that brings perspective into us? That's what following Jesus is really all about. So as my week turned into some good times uh, over our trip, you know, I just was reflecting on, Lord, I need to tap into this grace that you have available for me. Now, full disclosure, I didn't really feel like I did. I asked the Lord for that. I tried. There was some bright spots here and there that felt like, you know, maybe I was. But in all honesty, there was a lot of difficulty too. So as I end my reflection period over this trip that happened about a week, you know, actually just a few days ago now at the time of recording this podcast, I'm choosing to reframe it in the positive lights. I'm choosing to let go of some of the stress that I experienced. I'm choosing to forgive myself for responding aggressively to my kids at times, being a little bit short with them, not having enough grace for what they might have been feeling or even perceiving spiritually in a different environment. I'm choosing to forgive them for their attitudes and their part in making our trip difficult. And I'm choosing to let God help me fall more in love with my kids to help me let go of the struggle. Because here's what I've noticed. Mothers have like they go one of two ways or maybe there's more than two ways, but one of two ways as your kids grow up, you disengage from them and you back up and kind of give them all their independence or you stay connected with them and navigate the relationship into a really healthy place into adulthood. And then, of course, there's those that stay connected and then navigated into an unhealthy place. But that's not us. So here's the thing. I want to be the kind of mom that doesn't back away from my kids just because they're difficult at times. I mean, don't you? I want to be the kind of parent that's like, I see you flaws and all. And although I might not always feel this unconditional love towards you, God has given me a place in your life to be that voice, to be that source for you now while you're little until you find it from God himself on your own. And I'm going to rise to that challenge. I'm going to do what needs to be done to help you become the best people you can be. I don't know. Maybe that's just some rose-colored glasses for you, but that's the way that I'm looking at it. And I'm also planning my next trip to maybe be adults only. We'll see. We'll see how much positivity I can bring into this at the time. But, you know, if you've ever wondered what it's like having four kids, this is a pretty good look at it. You're always outnumbered. There's always somebody under the surface having a really hard time that you're just trying to figure out how to navigate and praying to God it's not the one that likes to burn the house down when they're having a tough time. 
And in all honesty, sometimes the one that likes to burn the house down is each different kid at different times because kids are people. They're struggling just like we're struggling. I'm learning how to be myself. I'm learning to be the best me that I can be. And this is just a little bit of my process. So I genuinely hope this is helpful for you and not something I just aired my dirty laundry for no purpose. But I believe it will be because I don't know about you, but it means a lot to me when I get to hear the inner workings of other mothers, when I get to see some of their struggles and go, okay, I'm not alone. So that's what you need to know. Moms, dads, you're not alone. God is with you first and foremost. And second of all, I'm with you and your friends around you are with you, even if they don't know how to communicate that to you. You're not alone. You can do this. God entrusted these precious babies to you because you have what it takes to lead them well. So I hope you're having a great day and I'll see you next time. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wartman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.